0: Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, October 21st. We look back at Mayor Serge Dadino's tenure in Imperial Beach as he leaves office. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. One-time payments of up to $1,000 are supposed to be filling the bank accounts of millions of eligible California taxpayers. The state said they began sending out the money two weeks ago. But the payments have been slow to roll out. For those who electronically filed their taxes in 2020 and received a refund by direct deposit, their payment will come via direct deposit before November 14th. Others should expect to receive the money in the mail on a debit card as late as January. A heads up for coaster passengers. There will be no coaster service in San Diego County tomorrow and Sunday. The closures are for regular maintenance and infrastructure improvements along the Coastal Rail. No replacement bus services connecting Coaster stations will be available this weekend either. Coaster will resume regularly scheduled services on Monday. It's going to be a big weekend for San Diego sports teams. The Padres are in Philadelphia playing against the Phillies today, tomorrow, and Sunday for the National League Championship Series. San Diego Wave FC is also getting ready for a big game this weekend. The team is headed to Oregon to face the Portland Thorns on Sunday in the league's semifinals. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
1: We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.
0: Imperial Beach residents will welcome a new mayor to City Hall in January. Eight years after winning his first term in office by just 43 votes, Serge Dedina is returning to his environmental activism roots. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. The
2: Imperial Beach Library holds a special place in Serge Dedina's heart. The mayor grew up in the old library, spending a lot of time there, so renovating this building has been a centerpiece of his effort to renovate his hometown.
1: Everybody got it. You don't need to make it fancy, but you need to make it accessible, colorful, warm, and friendly, and a resource for everybody.
2: County officials, businesses, community advocates all brought in and spent millions to turn this community hub into something special.
1: And it helped us fuse everything that we did in Imperial Beach over the last eight years to really renovate and just restore this beautiful dynamic we have in Imperial Beach, of the ocean, and the community, and doing things that make the city better for every, every part of the city, and that's, that's what this is about.
2: Dadina's energy and ability to build coalitions exemplified how San Diego's southernmost beach community changed during his tenure. The library, senior center, and park are a focal point, but not the only measure of success. His community-based coalition building sparked reinvestment in the city. Colorful murals capture the spirit of Imperial Beach. Businesses invested in the beach town's front door. The pier is a fixture and the surrounding area exudes life. Dadina implored those with resources to invest in the city, not just their businesses.
3: He's been a great voice for the city.
2: Kim Frink is an Imperial Beach resident.
3: You know, really has been driven to bring attention to the problems that we have in our community. And uh, so he's very much, I would say, an activist mayor.
2: Frank says Dedina's passion for community building and grassroots organizing put him at the forefront of her effort to open a co op grocery store in a city that didn't have a supermarket when he took office. But there is one issue that dominated Dadina's two terms in office. Frank says it's cross border sewage.
3: It's a serious public health issue and environmental disaster, and it really impacts people's lives, you know. I mean, we have this wonderful beach here. You know, our kids and our families and tourists should be able to enjoy it every day. And yet, I know in the time that I've been here, the number of days that it's closed has really increased.
2: Dodina has pushed hard to fix an environmental disaster that has pummeled Imperial Beach for both of his four-year terms. In 2018, the city sued the federal government, and an emotional Dina took stock.
1: It's been a long fight, and you know what? Me and my kids, and our community has been suffering from. Me personally, um, it's a very emotional morning for me. Vivid memories of taking my kids to the emergency room. Uh, you know, we have little kids here. Our kids are getting sick. Our lifeguard's getting sick, and uh, sorry. Been a long road and a really tough fight and it really meant a lot to me that our members of our community were here to support that
2: that lawsuit focused attention on the issue other south county governments joined so did clean water groups Dadina lobbied federal state and local officials for a solution as he watched the problem get worse in april of 2020 he chided public officials for not acting
1: the river flow in the tijuana river should be zero gallons a day during dry weather. Today, it is 60 million gallons a day. That's a minimum flow. The entire sewer system of Tijuana has collapsed, and it appears there are absolutely no efforts underway.
2: The, the first major break came in 2018, when $300 million was included in the USMCA trade deal. Dodina lobbied officials at all levels of government. By November of last year, federal officials crafted a $630 million plan to deal with the issue on both sides of the international border. Earlier this year, Mexico promised to add $147 million to fix Tijuana's sewage issues. A solution is finally in sight.
1: Indefatigable.
2: David Gibson is the head of the Regional Water Quality Control Board.
1: Never a ceasing, constant. Uh, and that's what I think it took. Uh, This issue has been going on for a very long time. So what was different about it now, I think Surge offered that kind of perspective to elected officials in Mexico as well as in San Diego and California and Washington, D.C.
2: Gibson says Dadina's drive and passion for a safe place to surf off the coast of Imperial Beach fueled the change. It finally has the South County Beach Town in reach of reopening ocean waters for recreation. And Dadina says the journey was uniquely Imperial Beach.
1: This is not anywhere else. You've got to be cool and funky and grassroots and community, and that's what works here.
2: Four people are running to replace the incumbent, and whoever the next mayor is will find themselves surfing into Dina's wake. Eric Anderson, KPBS News.
0: Four seats on the San Diego City Council are up for election this November. KPBS Midday Edition host Jane Heidman spoke with KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen about District 2. He unpacks the race for us.
4: So let's start with District 2. What are the communities covered by that district and what are the main issues in the race? So District 2 is one of the districts that changed a bit during the uh, redistricting process that the city went through over the past year, redrawing those maps of of which communities fall into which city council district. So as far as the communities now in District 2, Claremont is united as, as one neighborhood and one district. Previously, it was split down the middle uh, between two city council districts. District 2 no longer includes Pacific Beach, so folks in that district are now part of District 1 and uh, will not be voting for a city council member this year and uh, so the the rest of the district is uh, mission beach which uh, you know stuck with district two it's still there all of mission bay and the communities south of there so the peninsula communities of ocean beach point loma and uh, the midway district as far as issues in this race i mean housing is obviously one of the biggest issues across the entire city and it is definitely a big issue in this race because Claremont is on the verge of updating its community plan. Uh, so a lot of areas in that neighborhood are going to be uh, seeing uh, zoning for higher density housing. And so that that's an issue that's come up in the race. Another issue is uh, simple customer service. So a lot of folks have been disappointed with the incumbent and feel that she hasn't really been responsive to uh, their uh, needs and concerns and criticisms. And so uh that's that's an issue that you're here that we're hearing talked about a bit in in district 2. And
5: the incumbent in district 2 is Jennifer Campbell. Tell us who she is.
4: Yeah, Jennifer Campbell was first elected in 2018. Uh, she is a Democrat who unseated a Republican incumbent in that election year, which is something that doesn't happen all that often in city politics. Uh, somebody unseating an incumbent, uh, but she really rode this blue wave in 2018, the first election after the Trump presidency, to victory. So she she her campaign really harped on the issue, this issue of her being a Democrat and her opponent being a Republican. And we're, we're hearing that very much repeated uh, this election cycle. Uh, she is a physician by training. Uh, she has, on her time in the city council, shown some willingness to take on really controversial issues that other council members uh, just don't want to touch. The no- most notable uh, being regulations for the short- t- short-term home rental industry. Uh, so Airbnb, basically. Uh, a lot of, of uh, folks on the city council just felt like it was too controversial and not worth, you know, talking about too much. And it had been at a stalemate for a really long time. And she decided, you know, let's figure out a compromise here. She got it passed through the city council. uh, But that frankly cost her some support in her district. A lot of folks in District 2 wanted to take a really hard line against that whole industry. And, uh, you know, Campbell showed some willingness to try and seek a compromise, even if that meant that, you know, she's going to take some political hits for it. Campbell's challenger is Linda Lucas. What's her story? Linda Lucas is a dentist by training. Uh, she's also a professor of dental hygiene, so she's an educator and she holds a real estate license. She told me when I interviewed her that she's running, uh, she really talked about this customer service issue of, you know, District 2 constituents wanting a council member who they feel is listening to them and responding to their concerns and answering their emails and phone calls. Uh, She said that she, you know, fully supports the police. Uh, She wants to fully fund the police department and sees public safety as a big issue. Uh, She did not, however, win the endorsement of the Police Officers Association association so the incumbent jen campbell has has won a lot of the support from interest groups and and city hall institutions. Another interesting thing about Lucas, and I alluded to this earlier, is that she is a Republican and uh, the only candidate on the city ballot who has the endorsement from the San Diego County Republican Party. She, however, doesn't really want to talk about it all that much. I think she probably knows how toxic the GOP brand is in San Diego uh, in the post-Trump era. So she talks a lot about not seeing herself as a partisan not wanting to lead as a partisan. Nevertheless, uh, she is a Republican, and I think that that um, certainly the Campbell campaign is trying to um, harp on that message a lot, trying to frame this as as an issue of red versus blue.
0: KPBS's Andrew Bowen also has an explainer on Measure C from your ballot this fall. Measure C will ask San Diego voters whether they want taller buildings in the Midway District. Here's that explainer.
4: More than 56% of voters already said yes to exempting the Midway District from the city's 30-foot coastal height limit. But the ballot measure's opponents sued the city, arguing it hadn't conducted a proper environmental analysis. The city lost its initial court battle and is appealing. By taking the issue back to voters, Measure C is the city's de facto backup plan.
3: Midway is not a beach neighborhood, period full
4: stop. on Anywo lives in the Midway District and supports Measure C. He says Midway shouldn't have the same height limit as truly coastal neighborhoods. And to fight the blight and revitalize Midway, he says property owners need the ability to build taller. With this current artificial
3: constraint that we've put upon ourselves for the last 50 years, the underlying economics just don't
4: pencil for any sort of development at scale. I'm not anti-development. Philip Halpern is a retired federal prosecutor and Mission Hills resident who opposes Measure C. He says it'll make traffic worse. Midway is not a typical beach area. There's no question about that. But what it is, it's a gateway to the beach area. It's the gateway to Ocean Beach. Also at stake with Measure C is the city's redevelopment plans for the sports arena, which won't be feasible unless the height limit is lifted. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. Coming up, we have some weekend arts events worth
0: checking out. We'll have that and more just after the break. Stay close. From now until Sunday, veterans needing resources can find them all in one place in Vista. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne tells us the details. For the sixth year, North County Veterans Stand Down brings resources to Green Oaks Ranch in Vista. Free clothes, food, dental and eye exams, legal aid, and overnight stays are some of the things available. Matt Foster is president of the event. He says the services available can help veterans resolve problems holding them back.
5: There's a lot of veterans that have issues. They can't get a job because they have a warrant or they have a ticket. They can't get a driver's license because they have a ticket. At this event, we can actually clear those charges.
0: Pets are welcome too, and can receive veterinary services. The event is open to all veterans in San Diego County until Sunday at noon. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. Over 17 million earthquake drills were held across America yesterday for the Great American Shakeout. One of them happened at Kate Sessions Elementary School in San Diego. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado got to learn some important information on how to stay safe from a class of third grade students.
5: Just your typical day inside Mr. Romo's third grade classroom at Kate Sessions Elementary School in San Diego. But it's October 20th, and in just a few seconds it will be 1020. Uh On this day and time, 9.6 million people across California are practicing what to do in case of an earthquake after students drop cover and hold on. Once the drill is over, they come back to the classroom, where students are eager to talk to Mr. Romo about the drill. Eight-year-old Sebastian Albert Marchetti says, while he knew what to do. I was pretty emotional. Eight-year-old Autumn Kay says it's normal to feel this way, and that's why practicing is important. And you really
3: want to practice it a bunch, because it will come unexpectedly. Kitty Alvarado,
5: KPBS News.
0: Filmmaker Todd Field has stated that he wrote TAR specifically for actress Kate Blanchett, and if she had turned down the role, he would have shelved the project. KPBS film critic Beth Alcomando says, fortunately, Blanchett accepted the role. I love movies about unsympathetic characters. Give me a
3: Rupert Pupkin or a Daniel Plainview over a Maria von Trapp or Forrest Gump any day, which is why I love Todd Fields' Tar, in which a riveting Kate Blanchett plays an arrogant but breathtakingly talented conductor named Lydia Tar.
5: You cannot start without me. See, I start the clock.
3: The film opens with Tara at the pinnacle of her career and then lets us watch her life unravel. It's an elegant, intensely detailed character study of an artist entirely consumed by her passion for music and her determination to get what she wants no matter the cost. It examines what drives tar and what an artist like her can survive on. It's a detached, unflinching portrait that never tells us how to feel or think about tar, about allegations that arise, or whether we're to interpret the end as a punishment, a tragedy, or perhaps proof that all she needs is music, no matter what kind or who's listening. I love a film that consumes us with a complex character and then abandons us in a darkened theater to contemplate what it all means. Tar is as ruthless, brilliant, maddening, thrilling, and stunning as its
0: protagonist. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. And before you go, we have some weekend arts events worth checking out. Thanks to KPBS's Julia Dixon-Evans. Music Ensemble, Baal Collegium San Diego, that we're listening to, is having two concerts this weekend. The group will be accompanied by four soloists as they perform works by 17th century English Baroque composers. The first concert is at 7 p.m. tomorrow at All Souls Episcopal Church in Point Loma. And Sunday's concert will be at Saints Constantine and Helen Greek Orthodox Church in Cardiff at 7 p.m. Plus, there's a visual art exhibition happening outdoors this weekend. It's part of the ongoing Park Social Initiative from the City of San Diego's Arts Commission. The exhibit is community photo lab called Floating Photo Studios. Attendees will fly a camera kite and snap an aerial photo. At the end of the project, the photos will become a community archive that will be distributed to all the participants as postcards. It's happening tomorrow from 2 to 5 p.m. at Hilltop Community Park in Rancho Penasquitos. You can find more details about the arts events mentioned and more at kpbs.org arts. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast was produced by KPBS News Editor Joe Guerin and Producer Emelyn Mohebi. We'd like to thank KPBS reporter John Carroll for helping out. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.